Welcome to the Seattle Public Library's Podcasts for Teens. These teen podcasts are by teens and for teens. They run the gamut from author readings and music performances to discussions and book reviews by the Teen Center Advisors. These podcasts are brought to you by the Seattle Public Library and Foundation with the help of the library's teen advisors. To learn more about our teen programs, including how to become a Teen Center Advisor, visit our website at www.spl.org. To learn how you can help the library by volunteering or supporting its foundation, go to www.foundation.spl.org. May it please the court, I am Aiden for the state. At issue today is the suitability of the Harry Potter series by J.K. Rowling for a young audience. The prosecution contends that these books are not suitable for such an audience, and so moves the court to uphold the removal of these books from school libraries. The United States Supreme Court held in Island Trees v. Pico a firm precedent that, in the case of the removal of books from a library, specifically a school library, removal would be acceptable, quote, if it were shown that petitioners had decided to remove the books at issue because those books were pervasively vulgar. And again, respondents concede that if it were demonstrated that the removal decision was based solely upon the educational suitability of the books in question, then their removal would be perfectly permissible. End quote. This decision stands today and therefore provides the test by which the literature in question must be judged. Also, for the benefit of the court, vulgar is defined by the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary as either offensive in language or lewdly or profanely indecent. The state therefore contends four facts. First, that the literature in question is pervasively vulgar and so qualifies for removal under the standards set forth in Island Trees. Secondly, that the literature in question is directly contrary to educational values and so qualifies for removal under the same standards. Third, that the literature in question presents a safety risk to students and so should be removed for their own safety and finally, that the literature in question poses a risk to the orderly environment established in the schools, and so should be removed. On the state's first point, that the literature in question is pervasively vulgar, and please recall that vulgar is offens- means offensive in language, or lewdly or profanely indecent. This literature con- is completely full of bad language. If I may go through a short list, primarily from the fifth and seventh books of the series... Damn it, book five, page 77. Bitch, book seven, page 736. Damn, book seven, pages 162, 362, and 374. Bloody Fools, book seven, page 55. Bastard, book seven, page 564. And Hell, book seven, page 622. All of these incidences of offensive language contribute to finding that this book is pervasively vulgar. Thus, it qualifies for removal under the standards set forth in Island Trees. Also under, the pervasive, uh, also under pervasively vulgar, the books in question contribute to a high exposure to blood and death. Book 2, page 52, describes the Hand of Glory, which is traditionally the severed, pickled, and dry hand of a convicted felon. Also, in Book 2, page 136, the headless ghosts play a game of head hockey, where they knock their own dismembered heads around 
the, the, what is effectively the lunchroom at Hogwarts. The ghost of Slytherin, the Bloody Baron, is described as a gaunt, staring Slytherin ghost covered in silver bloodstains. And finally, in Book 5, short list, pages 8, 18, 85, 92, 100, 112, 161, 173 through 176, 328, 446, 455, and more. All told, I have a list here of 20 pages on which there are descriptive, well-described, gory scenes that should not be exposed to students in a public school environment. Thus, the state contends that the literature in question is pervasively vulgar and qualifies for removal under island trees. Also, the literature in question is directly contrary to educational values and so qualifies removal under the same standards. Since I seem to be running short on my time, I won't go into the exact examples. I have before me examples of immorality, disrespect for authority figures, and cheating. Furthermore, the literature in question, on to our third point, presents a safety risk to students, and so should be removed from the school library. It advocates the use of illegal drugs, and encourages the use of drugs that would make one sick to get out of school exam. Finally, all of these points taken together create a book that poses a risk to the orderly environment established in the schools. The state therefore contends that the literature in question should be removed from school libraries under the standards set forth under, by the Supreme Court in Island Trees v. Pico. Well, the prosecution states that Harry Potter is contrary to educational values but according to the International Reading Association, 48% of children say that Rowling series is the reason they read more. Six out of ten children say that they think the books have improved their reading skills. And according to a scholastic study in the UK, 85% of 260 parents said that their child wanted to read more frequently after reading Harry Potter. And 76% of parents said that their child's performance in school dramatically improved after reading Harry Potter. I think, personally, that educational values, what comes first, is the performance of s and education of students. And therefore, my opponent's argument that school, Harry Potter, is contrary to educational values. And also, since Harry Potter, he mentioned, is not obedient to authoritative figures, he's actually punished for that frequently for his misdeeds. And to say that it is dangerous and vulgar, there are a lot of books that contain um, violent scenes and profane language that it's truthfully part of culture that kids are exposed to on a daily basis in the United States. And for these reasons... Harry Potter should not be banned. One reason that it should be banned is like is because children unable to differentiate fantasy and reality. That that is extremely difficult for children to distinguish between fabulation and truth. So the age group for Harry Potter is actually eight to ten. So by this age children should know what's real and what's not. Because Harry Potter is a fiction book, it even says it in the cover. And 
as much as Harry Potter has messages like disobedience or taking potions, it also has a lot of important messages for kids, such as trust, friendship, anymore. And it teaches what is good and and that is better than evil and purity. And it teaches children to stand up for themselves against a bad authority and to do what's right. Well, Harry Potter should be banned because it glorifies bullying too. Repeatedly throughout the books and also in the movies, you have the character Snape, who is regarded as contemptible, detestable, and generally an evil person. But that, that's no grounds on which to do what these books do, which is glorify bullying him. It's, there's flashbacks in the books to where the main character's father is suspending Snape by his ankles in the courtyard so that his robes fall down and leave him hanging essentially bare in the courtyard in the middle of his school. Okay, Just, Team One, what do you guys think about that? What's your response to that? <laughs> I think, first of all, that did not glorify bullying because it made Harry actually angry at his father. Read the books this summer, Aiden. And um, it made him kind of question how he felt about his father, who he'd always seen as a leading, like a good person. He really questioned his own heritage there. And also, um, all like the judgments about Snape. Snape turns out to be a pretty pretty cool person, actually. So I think that's also a good message about not judging people by their immediate <laughs> greasy appearances, for they might actually be a really, really good person. Zig, what do you got? Um, well, <laughs> you guys said that uh, the kids who read it are 8 to 10, but just because a book is said kids ages 8 to 10 should read it, it doesn't mean that those are the only kids reading it. I know many people who read it when they were probably 4 or 5 or had their parents read it to them, and at that point they really can't differentiate between fantasy and reality, and for kids that young to have main characters using drugs or potions, I guess, in the story, or drink beer, or butter beer, before they're 21 or even 18, which is against the law. <laughs> it's not, it's not positive role models for young children to see underage drinking and drug abuse. So, yeah. And then, so he's looking at you, a kid, alcohol, drugs, and tobacco, and entertainment media. So, Neumendorf found that in a sample of 10 through 14-year-olds, heavy television viewers were more likely than light viewers to believe that people who drink are happy and that one had to drink to have fun at a sporting event. Tucker found that among high school boys, heavy television viewers reported consuming alcohol more often than light television viewers. And this goes back to the fact in Harry Potter that the characters drink, use what you would call illegal drugs, and so at being underaged. I don't think Butterbeer is alcoholic. <laughs> Butterbeer butter is certainly portrayed as alcoholic in, both in the books and in the movies. If you recall, I believe, in the fourth or the fifth book, on one of their first visits to the village of Hogsmeade, you have Hermione, and Hermione drinks a large quantity of butterbeer and then acts in a manner suggested, suggestive of a person with who has inebriated themselves after leaving the pub. 
we also have a beverage, Fire Whiskey, which is not... They're not allowed to drink it, but that doesn't stop them. It's encouraging the use of alcohol. So I'd say that the number one value in the school system is to improve like the lives of children and make them educated to set them up for success and if Harry Potter does improve literacy rates and since it is the most one of the most widely published books it should be kept in uh, school libraries because it has improved literacy in many studies and therefore, because of a lot of peer pressure too, kids, kids, will, a lot of kids will read it, and a lot of kids' lives will be affected by this. Okay, for its part, the state contends that in Island Trees versus Pico, there is a firm precedent set that if the books were pervasively vulgar and not educationally suitable, books can be removed from a school library. Based on bad language and use of drugs, is the duty of any conscientious school board to remove these books from libraries under their control. So, who's the winner? But we have people vote. Oh, look. It's four against four. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, do you guys want to vote? Who thinks the banning team is the winner? Us. Thank you. Alright, I think that, um, yeah, you're probably all winners. Thank you. This podcast was presented by the Seattle Public Library and Foundation and made possible by your generous contributions to the Seattle Public Library Foundation. Thanks for listening.